48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Vicky Wong. The headlines. An epidemiologist has described the government's new requirement for discharged COVID patients to undergo 14 more days of quarantine as a waste of public resources. However, the chair of Hong Kong Patients Voices, Alex Lam, says the new rule ensures that potential carriers won't spread the virus into the community. And the Beijing Organising Committee for the Olympic Winter Games has urged athletes to strictly adhere to COVID control rules or risk being disqualified. Epidemiologist Benjamin Cowling says he doesn't understand why new guidelines on why recovered COVID patients are required to spend an extra two weeks in hospital before being allowed to go home. The infectious diseases expert from the University of Hong Kong's School of Public Health said there were no cases known around the world where a recovered or even a re-positive case had triggered a community outbreak. He criticised the new policy, saying it would be a waste of hospital resources. The previous policy is that people who have COVID are put in isolation until doctors are confident that they've recovered and they're no longer contagious, they're no longer a threat if they're discharged. That's happened more than 10,000 times. We have more than 10,000 discharge cases back into Hong Kong. Uh, there's never been any report of any recovered case triggering a community outbreak. The new policy starting today is that all those cases that have been judged to recover no longer pose a threat to the community will be uh, isolated for a further 14 days. And so the average hospitalization is going to go from maybe 10, 12 days up to almost four weeks for each case. The chairman of Hong Kong Patients Voices, Alex Lam, says the new rule to require recovered COVID patients to spend an extra two weeks in quarantine is reasonable. He says the measure is needed to prevent any potential carrier from spreading the virus into the community. Although there is no um, evidence to show that any uh, COVID patient discharge from hospital uh, remains a carrier, uh, the new measure may prevent the risk of bringing the virus into the community, uh, not forgetting the fact that uh, Hong Kong is a, a very small city with millions of people living in. So I think it's not a, a harsh measure to, to treat the patients. Local tourism workers have called for the reopening of the border between Hong Kong and the mainland, as well as Macau, as soon as possible. Four representatives from the Federation of Hong Kong and Kowloon Labour Union presented a petition outside the government headquarters, saying that the pandemic has brought hardship to the sector's more than 200,000 workers. The group's chairman, Lam Chun Singh, says the government can do more to support the industry even before cross-border tours resume. I think the government can continue to provide support to the employees in the travel industries. For example, continue to provide a part-time job for them in the vaccination center or, for example, the local tour activities, they can share some part-time job. The Society for Community Organisation says they're worried the homeless will lose access to essential services after a new rule will make it mandatory for, for many people to use the Leave Home Safe mobile app to enter government buildings next month. And SIT, the group's community organiser, explained that the homeless depend on government facilities to sustain their daily lives. Our homeless um, service users, um, they rely a lot on government premises to uh, sustain their daily life. Like if they uh, would like to get some drinking water or take a shower, they would go to uh, some sports facilities by the LCSD. And they also need to do all sorts of um, paperwork uh, 
uh, to get welfare, um, and they quite often they need to uh, visit the social welfare department and the home affairs department, and all requires them to um, scan the leave home safe. But um, the problem is, eighty um, percent of our homeless clients are um, they did not use any mobile phone at all. The administration says people aged between 12 and 65 will need to use the app to enter government sites, with only the disabled exempt. The Beijing Organising Committee for the Olympic Winter Games says it's ready for the event, but admitted the COVID pandemic is the biggest challenge for the Games. The executive vice president of the committee, Zhang Jiandong, at a press conference in the capital, said the health of participants is the committee's top priority. He urged athletes to adhere to COVID control rules or they could be disqualified. A so-called closed-loop management will be adopted during the February Games that will allow vaccinated participants to enter China without undergoing a 21-day quarantine. However, they can't interact with the public. Here's Mr Zhang speaking through an interpreter. COVID control. This is a major challenge for our hosting of the Games. A successful winter games must be a COVID secure one. There is no doubt about that. That is why we have top prioritized COVID response. A civil rights activist in the United States who, as a teenager in 1955, refused to give up her seat on a bus for a white person, is seeking to have her criminal record expunged. Now 82, Claudette Colvin was just 15 when she was told to move to the back of a bus in Montgomery in the state of Alabama. She was arrested, charged with assaulting a police officer and put on probation, something which never officially ended. Speaking at a news conference, Colvin said it was important to keep fighting against racial injustice. I was not going to move that day. I told him that history had me glued to the seat. You just have to inspire the people that you know to keep on pushing and keep the struggle going because it is not over. The UN World Food Programme's country director for Afghanistan, Mary Ellen McGrawty, has said that there's a tsunami of destitution and incredible suffering across Afghanistan, adding that hunger is spiralling out of control. She said the figures, according to a recent analysis, were devastating. Almost 19 million people suffering acute food insecurity today. That's almost half of the population. That number will increase to an absolutely frightening number of 22.8 million, almost 23 million people in the next weeks as the winter and the lean season grip the country. 8.7 million people are in what we term emergency levels of food insecurity, one step away from starvation. Days before the COP26 summit, the United Nations Environment Programme has warned that plans to cut carbon emissions fall short of what's needed to avert dangerous climate change. It says national pledges will fail to keep global temperature increases under 1.5 Celsius this century. Speaking at a high-level meeting on climate action, the UN Secretary-General Antonio Guterres says time is running out. Less than one week before COP26 in Glasgow, we are still on track for climate catastrophe 
The 2021 emissions gap report shows that uh, with the present nationally determined contributions and other firm commitments of countries around the world, we are indeed on track for a catastrophic global temperature rise of around 2.7 degrees Celsius. Leaders of Pacific Island nations also spoke with as much fervour at the meeting. Jacinda Ardern is New Zealand's Prime Minister. New Zealand is using every opportunity to build a shared approach in areas of critical importance, ending fossil fuel subsidies, shifting finance away from environmentally harmful forms, and building climate actions into trade arrangements. Our efforts within countries and together to recover from the COVID-19 pandemic must be used as an opportunity to accelerate clean and sustainable transformation. Right now, as the chair of the Asia-Pacific Economic Community, I'm calling on the leaders of Asia-Pacific to demonstrate unity in championing a climate-resilient future. The Brazilian President Jair Bolsonaro deliberately exposed his country to mass infection and should face criminal charges, according to a congressional inquiry. Senators voted 7-4 to endorse a damning investigation into the government's handling of the pandemic, which killed more than 600,000 people. Reynan Calheiros was the senator in charge of delivering the report. This clearly demonstrates that this serial killer keeps doing the same things. He has the same death drive, an unmanageable compulsion, and it gets more and more complicated. The Commission recommends charges against Mr Bolsonaro and 77 others, including three of his children. However, the final decision will rest with Brazil's Prosecutor-General, who was appointed by the far-right president. The independent medical panel that advises the U.S. public health regulator has voted overwhelmingly to recommend the use of the Pfizer-BioNTech coronavirus vaccination for children aged between 5 and 11. The FDA is expected to give its formal authorization shortly. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 25,660. That's 386 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $67 billion. In currencies, the US dollar is trading at 113.96 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 15 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 70 cents. To sport and in Major League Baseball, Jorge Soler has smashed a home run on the first swing of the game and Adam Duval blasted a two-run homer as the Atlanta Braves rolled over the Houston Astros 6-2 in the opening contest of the World Series. The Braves, who are in their first World Series since 1999 and haven't won the four classics since 1995, used a blistering start to post five runs in the first three innings and never looked back. Pakistan's cricketers have picked up a second win at the T20 World Cup. They followed their historic win, historic victory over India with a five-wicket success over New Zealand. More from the BBC's Henry Moran. Though not quite as convincing as the historic win against India on Sunday, this was nonetheless a fine victory for Pakistan that only adds to their credentials as potential champions. Chasing a relatively low 135, Babar Azam's side looked comfortable at 63 for two, but wickets started to fall, the pressure built, and a noisy crowd in Sharjah since New Zealand could turn the game around. But this Pakistan side has vast experience to go with the thrilling talent of the likes of Babar Azam. Shoaib Malik made his debut in 1999, six years before the men's T20. 20 international cricket game existed. 
39-year-old combined brilliantly with Asif Ali to see Pakistan home with eight balls to spare. This win has big implications for both India and New Zealand as well. Their game on Sunday becomes, barring any shock results from other sides in the group, a likely shootout for a place in the last four. In the early game, South Africa defeated the West Indies by eight wickets for their first win in the Super 12. Today, England take on Bangladesh and Scotland face Namibia. To football, Arsenal and Chelsea are safely through to the quarterfinals of the English League Cup. The Gunners got past Leeds United 2-0 with goals from Callum Chambers and Eddie Nketiah. Arsenal rested Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang while Nicolas Pepe and Mohamed Elneny were both given starts. Manager Mikel Arteta made nine changes to the side that beat Aston Villa on Friday. These boys trained um, really well. They prepared themselves the best possible way. They've been humble enough to manage uh, some situation where they haven't had uh, a lot of minutes to play, but they still prepare at the top level. And I'm so delighted today for them, for the performances that they put individual and collectively, and the fact that we are in the next round. And uh, they show me today that I can trust them. So I'm delighted that uh, we made that decision. Chelsea got past Southampton 4-3 on penalties after a one-all draw. League One side Sunderland also made it into the last eight after beating QPR 3-1 on penalties. The president of FIFA is calling on countries to permanently rehome Afghan athletes who have fled since the Taliban retook the country in August. Gianni Infantino said many female Afghan footballers, along with their families, had been evacuated to Qatar, but he said more remain stuck in Afghanistan. He was speaking after visiting Afghan footballers, many of them female, in Doha. We'll continue to knock on all the doors around the world and we hope that some will listen and hear this plea, this call for help, and, and we'll open the doors to these girls who, who have an amazing life, who have amazing stories to tell. England's women defeated Latvia 10-0 to keep their perfect record in Women's World Cup qualifying. Ella Toon scored a hat-trick. Germany remain top of their group after beating Israel 7-0. Spain also topped their group after beating Ukraine 6-0. And Netherlands were 2-0 winners over Belarus. To the weather forecast for today, mainly cloudy with sunny periods, moderate east to northeasterly winds fresh offshore. The outlook, sunny periods in the next couple of days, one or two rain patches tomorrow morning, cloudier over the weekend. Currently at the observatory, it's 27 degrees with the humidity at 75%. To end the news, the top stories once again. An epidemiologist has described the government's new requirement for discharged COVID patients to undergo 14 more days of quarantine as a waste of public resources. However, the chair of Hong Kong Patients Voices, Alex Lam, says the new rule ensures that potential carriers won't spread the virus into the community. And the Beijing Organising Committee for the Olympic Winter Games has urged athletes to strictly adhere to COVID control rules or risk being disqualified. The news from RTHK. Sons, they're losing their minds. 
Somebody died, somebody's child, some people duck down and some people hide. Some people just cannot react in time. Bullets do not choose a victim. It is a shooter that picks them. They just can't wait to get you in the system. The district attorney could use a conviction. Told you no guns and then you didn't listen. Life is so heavy with that on your soul. Dedicate this to Cheyenne and Josh and pour something out for the lives that they stole. 416. Afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday, the 27th of October, is today's date. A few more days until we enter November. Many thanks once again to Phil for the morning brew today, and we have a busy show for you. In about 10 minutes or so, we'll be talking about the IVF process and also the management of expectations. We'll be chatting with Dr. Karina Chan, who is a specialist in reproductive medicine. She'll be joining us just after half past one. And after the 2.30 news, Cruzy McCalligan is in for this week's midweek audio column. And this week, Cruz will be talking about dwarfism as October is Dwarfism Awareness Month. And as usual, we love hearing from you. So feel free to get in touch with us. Uh, our email address is 123show at rthk.hk. That's 123show at rthk.hk. You can also 